This is a diet of Brussels. In this episode, I want to ask the question of how different is this from the 1975 referendum that we had in the UK uh, about uh, membership of the EEC? Maybe a bit of context here is useful. The UK tried uh, several times to join the EEC, which was set up in the late 1950s by a group of six states, Germany, France and Italy, uh, Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands. And very shortly after it had been set up, the British, uh, who had been rather snotty about the whole affair, realised that actually this was an important thing for them to be part of. They tried, they were uh, blocked, uh, particularly by the French, who were worried about uh, a lessening of uh, their influence in the system. And it took the removal of Charles de Gaulle in uh, the end of the 1960s for renegotiations to actually start and then to be concluded. So the UK joined in 1973. Now, Almost immediately after that happened, the uh, Labour uh, government that uh, replaced uh, Heath in 1974 after the two elections uh, entered into a renegotiation. They had campaigned in 1974 for changing the terms uh, of membership. They felt that Heath had been uh, too weak in negotiating, that he was purely concerned with becoming a member at any price. That renegotiation obviously has a parallel with the current situation, um, perhaps in more ways than one. Uh, Wilson, who was Prime Minister at the time, went with uh, some grand ideas about what he might achieve, but very quickly came back with relatively small concessions and changes, uh, primarily relating to uh, some changes in tariffs for Commonwealth products, particularly uh, butter uh, and lamb. Uh, from uh, Australia and New Zealand. Wilson tried to uh, use that renegotiation uh, to best effect, and he did it incredibly effectively. Rather than uh, issuing a a three-line whip on the Labour Party and forcing everyone in the party uh, to support his renegotiated uh, position, he recognised that he had internal divisions, but importantly, he recognised that there are internal divisions in the Conservative Party at the same time. And so he allowed a free vote in Parliament and in the uh, referendum campaign that followed in 1975. What that meant was that Wilson was able to build a broad coalition across parties, uh, from left and from right, but in the centre of politics. And the No campaign was left with people from a wide range uh, of peripheral political positions. Now, that meant that it was harder for the No campaign to come together to find common cause. It meant that all of the uh, people who had uh, strong followings uh, within the political system, the people who were either prime minister or likely to be prime minister, were speaking in favour of membership. And that was reinforced by a very strong steer from the media, the print press, who were very dominant at the time, also from business, from other social groups, who made a very strong uh, and forceful case. 
one of the results of that then was a very strong shift in public opinion. In the six months of the campaign in 75, you went from two-thirds against membership to two-thirds in favour of membership. Now, I think a lot of those things, we can think about the parallels that are there. But perhaps the most interesting thing is that as soon as that referendum had taken place, the issue fell off the radar. It really wasn't of any consequence to anybody, certainly until Margaret Thatcher came back into power in 1979. And even then, the question of membership wasn't at issue at all. It was more the issue of the budget and the rebate that she tried to secure. And again, I think it's useful to think about that because as much as we're talking about this, and I'm doing this podcast, Europe remains less of a priority for most people in this country. And that's as true as it was then as it is now.